Who's the best basketball player in the Brown family? Oh, that's an easy answer. Who is oh, it? Man. Me. Oh, you, oh, okay. Oh, so you, you said that for the jump. Oh, you right now? Yeah, right, right now. now. Who's oh. the best player in the ba- right Brown family? Right now. Right now. Right now. All right, Alexi. Thank you. Are you giving to it now? Now? No, no, no. Said it. Oh, the question was, who's the best basketball player in the Brown family? You ain't say when. In my prime and her prime, me. She like I ain't even got that. I ain't even got there yet. Ain't got there yet. She had. Hold on. We played one one on one game against Mm -hmm. each other, right? And she was she was younger. Yeah, she remembered this game. Of course. And she had. Yeah, she had one chance to win. Absolutely. And she she missed the layup. Oh, right? buddy! I came down and scored. Ain't paid her since. <laughs> oh, you, you did right, Pop. You did right. You doing right? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, she get too close. Yeah. Get too close. Well, I'm undefeated forever. <laughs> I got to stop. Forever. I never gonna play again ever. Yo, yo, yo! Live on location. This is a first time ever event. Me and D Miles are staying our ass at home and staying safe here in Orlando. But this is the first time ever we got the girl dad vibes popping all in here. We got the first father and daughter NBA, WNBA duo joining us today. We got the main man, OG D Brown, Beantown legend, slam dunk contest champion. And we got his young, beautiful daughter, Lexi Brown of the Minnesota Lynx in the For WNBA, shooter. one of the best shooters in the whole wide world, <laughs> said so, Dad, y'all tune in. We about to get to it. This is the first time on the Knuckleheads edition. We appreciate y'all joining us. This is great. Thank always ask everybody when they come on our show and since it's two of y'all we'll start with ladies first uh who was the first person to bust your ass when you got to the league oh man (laughs) okay well i haven't been in the league for long so i haven't really had one of those matchups yet because i haven't really played as much but i do remember my rookie year i like barely played like maybe two minutes a game maybe so i think we were in dc and we was getting kid like we was getting busted. So of course I got to play that game. So <laughs> I go in and there was a play, like an ISO play. And they kept calling it for different people. <laughs> Whoever I was guarding, that's who they was calling the play for. Oh, they were pulling you <laughs> like, out. <laughs> yeah, like I'm out here nervous, like I have friends in the stands and they're probably like, what is she doing? But like they're four, call the play. Their wing called the play. It was like <laughs> an elbow. And I was like, I looked at my coach and I was like, what do y'all want me to do? I've been for two hours. It's coming here. Are y'all kidding? So, yeah. That so, that, that's the first, because we ain't never heard nobody say the team. Yeah. I've been sitting the whole game. Yeah, so she got she got jumped in. She got jumped into the league. <laughs> she ain't get a one on one game, but she got jumped. She didn't get the fair one. All right, Pops, when you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? <laughs> well, you know, you know, the 90s was no joke. You know, yeah. I mean, anybody can say MJ, 
anybody can say guys like that, but the guys that we kind of like forget how good they were just because there's so many superstars in the nineties. The first guy I remember when I came in, run TMC, when they had oh, Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway and, and Mitch, I didn't have to go out Chris Mullen, but I got them too. Right. Man. <laughs> I mean it was it wasn't as bad as Lexi switching off. But you know, when you play the one and two, you gotta switch all, you know, switch, yeah. get in the transition. Tim was coming down, that's when that that killer crossover came. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's, it was his second year in the league, so that's when he was like fresh. Like yeah. these was good. Yeah. Yeah, that straight shot town dance on me. <laughs> uh he was getting me, and then you know, Mitch would just take me to the post and beat the mess out of me. You know, uh, <laughs> and they was, was running, killing. that was a fast scene. They was and running back then. They was running. But then a few years later, I'll tell you the one guy that kind of like just that gave me the business the whole game. One guy was Jimmy Jackson. Jimmy that's Jackson. when they on. That's when Jimmy they had. Jack. He was in Dallas. And that's when they had Jason Kidd. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and him. So I had to pick which one I wanted. I said, man, I'm gonna take Jimmy tonight, man. I don't yeah. feel like chasing Jason. Right. But Jamal, Jamal, a little too big. I'll take Jimmy. So Sherman Douglas guarded Jason Kidd. I had Jimmy Jackson. He had 52, and I promise you, all 52 was on me. Oh, you're doing it, do He gave me all 52. That's my OG. That That is my OG, Jim Jack, for the 52, yeah. bird. Oh, hold on. All mid-rangers. So it's 25 exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I found him a few times. So he might have went to the like 10 times, but. All of all twos, you know, back then, one threes. Everybody yeah. was shooting mid range. Yeah. So when you get 50, 20 on was probably twos. Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. Sorry, that happened to you, Dad. Lex, you were born in Boston, but you went to Dr. Phillips. You know, me and Q, we live in Windermere. So we know oh, about really? Dr. Phillips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're born from Dr. We Phillips. Know right so. where I have is. to beg my parents let me go to school there. <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. It. I was like, that, please, can I please go to. Hey, Dr. Phillips is the school around here. They get a lot of love. How was it there, that that one year you was there? How was it for you? Well, I liked it. Well, when I first got there, so I've grown up in private school. So I got there and I was like, whoa, what is happening? But um, I made a lot of friends because I've always been like quiet. So like I was new, didn't go to middle school, any of these people. So like I was literally by myself until like basketball season started. And then that's when, you know, everyone was like, oh, you have a basketball team. I came in with some of my friends that I played AAU with, though. There was five of us, five freshmen on the team, and we all got to start. And we was just whooping up on everybody. Five, y'all five. That was right, your first. Right. Y'all, had a, y'all had an undefeated season, right? Yeah. yeah. How was that? Like, to just go through a season? I ain't never had an undefeated season. I've been playing yeah, basketball for like, a long time. <laughs> it was crazy because we were all so young. And you know, yeah. we're out there having fun. Like yeah. there was no jealousy. There was no social Egos, media wasn't really yeah. a thing yet. So like we was just out there hooping and having fun with each other. But yeah, we got to the final four and lost. So that would suck. But that season, <laughs> <laughs> that season was really, really fun. How was that for you, D, to see your daughter as you know, you played in the league, you played ball, to see her in high school, you know, along with all freshmen go and do be an undefeated team and you playing ball, know how hard that is, especially you, you starting all freshmen, five five like that. How was that for you being a pops and a father and a fan watching that? It was the best thing just because, you know, 
I trained Lexi since she was learned how to dribble a ball for the first time. So to see her maturation process from age 12 when she was terrible. To, <laughs> you know, worked so hard. Like you talk about somebody who built their game. Yeah. Worked on their game to be better. It wasn't, she didn't get any of my athletic ability, but she's a, a better cerebral player to me. High basketball IQ, understood the game and knew how to run team. Like that was her thing. She knew how to, you know, fill in the gaps and obviously, you know, her shot kind of separated her from everybody else where she can, you know, just outshoot a lot of people um, on any level, even at in, in ninth grade. So to see her go from a private school environment where she basically started in eighth grade on, on a varsity team in, in a private school and then go to a public school, you know, Dr. Phillips is huge. You're playing 8A. Yeah. Like, you know, you know about college kids in Florida. Yeah. 8A, them schools are huge. You know, all the yeah. Miami schools, all the Jacksonville schools. So for her to go down environment and see her go through a public school situation with all freshmen, you know, I think all five of those freshmen all went to get D1 scholarships and play at a college and play at a college level. That's so just to time. see them do that and sit in the stands and just kind of like all the work and arguing and fussing <laughs> and fighting, yeah. I'm quitting and you don't love me. I'm like, well, you know what? <laughs> You gonna you gonna you gonna, you gonna love me down the road when this all pays off. So I think that was the first time she y'all. You know, in ninth grade, where she's kind of like part of a championship environment, where she's like, "This is fun. Like whatever whatever work I got to do to get back yeah. to this every year I play. That's what this I want to do." So, uh, Lexi, you played in Dr. Phillips, then you transferred to a Georgia school. Mm-hmm. How was that? Leaving so much success that I had that one year, and then going to a whole nother state and finna start the whole process over yeah. that you just did. Like, how was that? Well, that summer before that, I think, I started playing on an AAU team in Georgia, in Atlanta. So that whole summer, I saw how much better the girls were in Georgia versus mm, how they good. were in Florida. Yeah. So we had that year in Florida, and then we just kind of made the decision, like, because we just kept traveling back and forth. Every weekend we was in Atlanta, driving, flying, so we kind of just decided to just pick it up and go because Georgia basketball for girls when I was in high school was out of control. Like the region I played in, we had three, four WNBA players right yeah. now. So um, we just decided that we had to pick it up and move. And one of the girls that I played AU with, they were at Norcross, Norcross High School. And they had been like just winning titles, like boys and girls. Yeah. And that's where I was supposed to go. But my friend, she ended up leaving that high school. But then we kind of were like stuck, like, oh no, where are we gonna go? So we ended up at this school called North Gwinnett. Yeah. I hadn't won a game in like (laughs) (laughs) how long. And we got there and we were like, hey, we here, so let's get some popping. Make the best of it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get I hope you don't take this as disrespect. Did you give her the jumper you always wanted to have? (laughs) I did. I did. Okay. Oh, no. She didn't shoot a ball like that since she was young. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I really did not. I yeah. couldn't. Nah. Like my I, jumper, my yeah. jumper didn't get like that until like later in my career when the game started. Yeah. To to Slow down. And I was getting older, and I couldn't jump like I used to before. Right. So I didn't yeah. get my game. Like, you know what? I ain't getting to the cup like I and jump over people like I used to. So I gotta make sure this jumper get getting real nice, you know, one year led the league in threes. Yeah. Um, like out here. So my jumper did evolve, but hers has been like that since day one. Straight up. I tell people all the time, whenever you see guys that's been in the league 10 or more years, they all got better at shooting. 
Like, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at a guy like VC. Vince Carter came in as half man and half amazing, and then he ranking somewhere in three-point makes and all of this other crazy <laughs> stuff because you um, – all that gym Jay time Kidd. we get. We get too much gym – yeah, Jay Kidd is a crazy Jay Kidd, he's top five when he retired. Everybody, he exactly. can't shoot. Like, wait a minute. Well, he can make shots. So <laughs> it's just evolving your game based on, you know, making sure that you could – you know, stay in the league and be productive. That's what guys are doing now. You make open jump shot, you can keep a job in the NBA now. I didn't know you was from Jacksonville, Florida. Like, do yeah. you from Duval, Duval County? Duval, County. <laughs> Duval. <laughs> right? Right. How was it your high school days growing up in Jacksonville? And you know, just because you went to college in Jacksonville too, so yeah. you didn't never yeah. leave. I mean, I, I went to a private school as well. You know, a small private school in Jacksonville, and I was the funny part was when I was at, at my high school, it was called Bowles High School. It was known for a lot of Olympic swimmers more than anything, some mm. baseball players, and really no basketball players at all. And when I was a senior at Bowles, Chipper Jones was a freshman at my mm. high school. Chipper, wow, Hall of Famer, yeah, Braves Hall of Famer. So that was really the two biggest athletes at that time, as far as just regular, you know, professional sport athletes. I was the only African American. I was the only black kid in my senior class. Yeah, like wow. I was, the, I was it, yeah. you know. And so, you know, we talk about you know the race issues, things going on right now. I experienced just you know uh, and learned so much, so much about myself and you know other cultures, you know other you know races just by being at that school. Yeah. And the basketball part was kind of a way where, like you know, sports brings everybody together, no matter what color you are, yeah. what nationality you are. Sports always kind of brings everybody together, where you just kind of take that out of out of the way, yeah. and you do something together as a whole. So that kind of helped me learn a little bit more about myself. But I wasn't highly recruited. Like, I wasn't on McDonald's All-American. I wasn't, you know, called a Street and Smith. Like, we had back in the day, Street hey, and Smith. Hey, there you go. Smith. Street and Smith. Well, the black and white pages. Then them black and yeah, white pages. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I understand, like, the people, like, the guys who were, you know, me coming to high school was Derek Coleman, mm. Mark Macon, mm. guys like that up north. You know, Michigan, <laughs> yeah. Chicago guys, Tim Hardaway, Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill. Yeah. All those guys were my day. So I just stayed home. Like I wasn't making no offers at all coming yeah. out of high school. I just kept grinding. I said, I'm gonna work, right. work. And then we would play big schools. We played like the North Carolinas and the Virginias, and I'll drop 30. Like, who's this kid from this old small school yeah. dropping 30? You know, right. yeah, listen, I'm not on the level like a CJ McCollum or a Dame Litter, but I went to a small school that played big schools, and then we had the opportunity to do that. You know what? Yeah. They knew who I was. I didn't care. I was like, listen, yeah. we bought the rat. And, right. you know, work my way up the draft board that way by uh, just keep working and, and, you know, you know, got drafted, you know, in a, in a first round just because I just, I didn't care who the competition was. I didn't care about you, who you, where you played at. I just you know, play hard and compete. Yeah, you know, like I, I, yeah, it didn't matter. I just, you know, listen, we going head up, yeah. you know, you rank higher than me. I'm, I'm looking at the papers like, oh, okay. Uh, I remember yeah. you. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta give you something so everybody knows. So that's kind of. My story in Jacksonville, because, you know, Florida's a football state. Right. Like, yeah. There's a lot of basketball players that come out of Florida. It's all football. So for me to come out of Florida, now it is a lot more yeah. basketball players. For me to come out in Jacksonville, and really, ain't too many other basketball players out of Jacksonville other than me, Otis Smith. Oh. Uh, you know, like, like, Artis Gilmore. Like, Artis hey, Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, legend. Artis Gilmore. That's crazy. 
You were speaking on McDonald's game. Lexi, you made the McDonald's game. Me and Q had the opportunity to uh, make that game. Uh, yes. I McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know, like, you know, all the hard work, the rankings over the years, and, like, that McDonald's game, you know, you watch it every year, and it's, like, solidified. Like, you one of them if you make that game. How was it for you? What was the experience like? And uh, what did it mean to you to make that game? Yeah, it was so fun. When we had, like, when we were in high school at AU, like, we just had our tournaments, and we had, like, these little camps sometimes, and we would just be staying in Georgia. So, like, when we got to Chicago for the game with, like, all that extra stuff, yeah, like, what? There's cameras. We had, like, a little lounge area. Like, we had yeah. all the gear and stuff. So, like, us, the girls, we're, like, freaking out about it all, all the time. <laughs> the guys are, like... This is what I like. We do this every summer. Like this is what our kids like. Would like, be nice, but uh, it was so fun um, getting to meet girls from all over the country. I already knew most of them from playing against them. Going to the Ronald McDonald House was so amazing. That was probably yeah. my favorite day. And then the game, like you know, I was just there for the gear, honestly. So I let them do whatever they wanted to. Do. <laughs> I still got my McDonald's gear to this Man, day. Man, everybody took yeah. my stuff. I got spandex, <laughs> and that's it. I don't have nothing else. Tell me this: At what point did it click for you, like where you started to go from? Are right, you just doing whatever to like where everybody started to come recruiting, and then like you getting this this major attention where you being ranked and all of that stuff? At what year was that for you? Sophomore, junior? When did it click? Where it's like, oh man, like I'm I'm probably gonna be all right at this little basketball thing. <laughs> um, probably ninth grade. So I committed early. So I committed when I was in ninth grade to Maryland. Um, So that whole recruiting circus, like I was not, I didn't really want to deal with that. But I went to uh, an elite camp the summer before my sophomore year. And I like, I I don't know what got into me, but I like just killing everybody at the camp. So I think at that moment, I was like, okay, like once I get in this type of mode, you know, I can, I can be the player I want to be. Could it have been anybody else than Marilyn? At that time, no. No. That's where I wanted to go. What about when they got close to you? Since you committed so early, what, when they got close, almost the end of the time, and I know you getting better and better and better. It wasn't nobody that was you, that intrigued that was, you. That was, that was loyalty. She stayed down. Cool. It wasn't nobody I mean, with the money it. under the table or nothing. <laughs> no, we don't deal with that. <laughs> we don't deal with that. <laughs> no, um, just, but um, <laughs> they switched conferences. They made that announcement. Like, we signed our letters, and Literally the day after, they were like, "Oh, yeah. it's going to the Big Ten," and we were like, "Oh." But yeah. I, even if I heard that news before, it still would have mm-hmm. been Maryland because we had a year in the ACC, and then I was like, "You know what? I can just at least try the Big Ten. Yeah, I hated, but um, <laughs> Maryland. Yeah, it's always been Maryland since I've been in middle school. Oh, that's what's up. At first, it was North Carolina, then it was Maryland. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm. Your freshman year, yeah, I went to the Final Four to, like, get right in college. You know, you loving the scenery, loving being by yourself, living the college life, and the success is coming on the court. How was that year to make it to the Final Four and just you knocking everybody else? You ran to that almighty, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that almighty. But yeah, like, right. how was it was that? so – it was fun because the team – so I was on the team with, uh, I think we had five or six seniors. So they had been like Sweet 16, Sweet 16, Elite Eight. Like yeah. they were getting so close and they just couldn't like get over that. Get over hump. the hump. So to be yeah. able to be one of the keys to help them get over that hump, 
it was me and there was three other girls who came in with me and we like just brought this new energy to the team. So it was just really fun. You know, we got there as a four seed. So we knocked down some giants in the tournament um, on the road too. So it was really fun. I, it was it was a great experience. What made you transfer? Well, like I said earlier, the Big Ten, it just like, it just wasn't for me. Um, yeah. Just the locations I didn't really love. I didn't have any family in any of the places. It was cold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was so cold. Yeah, I just didn't have a, I've always dreamed of playing at like, the UNC's and the Florida State's like I never yeah. like let me I can't wait to go play in Iowa or <laughs> Wisconsin <laughs> yeah. like that was nothing that like we didn't grow up in that like we didn't watch Big Ten in the house like that we didn't like do, that just wasn't something that we did but my mom and dad too he they were like very keen on me going to a school that was going to challenge me academically as well yeah so I wanted to go back to the ACC so Duke kind of was just the obvious choice Tell me about um the nickname you gained that year. Oh, the what was it? The big shot. Oh, wow. Big shot. <laughs> I that, that's I one of D Miles' favorite questions about. Go ahead, ask your question about the nicknames, bro. <laughs> I, I don't I've I haven't hit a game winner or a buzzer beater, but I hit like very timely shots. shots. I hit them like back breaking shots. Like yeah, okay, okay. And like I hit a three or something. Like those yeah. are the shots I was hitting. But when I can hit a game winner, you know, that'll be I've never hit one in my life. So But them, them shots with to basketball players <laughs> to basketball players, them shots, them shots really do matter. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It ain't always gotta be five, four, three, two, one, I right. hit the shot. Sometimes it'd be them last thirty seconds or that last minute. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? It might be one shot made the last two two minutes and that one shot. You yeah, they, so we take them as teams. Like, yeah, we like, take oh, them too. Dang. Like those, I like those shots more. Honestly, I really do. Pops, like, how many workouts you went through during the like draft process? Especially coming from a small school, like oh, I know they you know brought you know all over the place. Did you work out for everybody? Hold on, our draft process was so different than it is now. Like, I remember I went on. I think I went on five and. It was crazy because the best workout I went on when I went to Houston Rockets. So, Marie mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tomjanovich was a coach. And my homeboy, Vernon Maxwell, was on the team from Florida. And my draft workout was this. They were playing summer pickup ball. And all the guys were there. And we, we were in the old summit where they yeah, used the to play. Summit, yeah. yeah. And they were playing in there. And my draft workout was, hey, the veterans, y'all pick teams. These guys who we might be drafting, and they pick teams. We hooped. That was it. We hooped for three days. I was there for three days in Houston That's crazy. for three days playing pickup ball. That was my draft workout. We didn't do no drills. We didn't go to ain't no interview. It was like go hoop. And that was it. And then I went to Detroit, and they were still the champions. You know, they had you know the they chest was all out. Wow, you know, bad boy. Joe Dumas had to work out. They showed me their rings. Because that was their second ring. They're like, yeah, <laughs> second ring. You know, we the champions. And all we did was play one-on-one, full court, for two hours. Yeah. I remember was Lance Blank was there. Brian Oliver was there. Like, all, you know, like, and we just played one-on-one the whole time. Nothing else. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> and in Boston, the team I got drafted by, I went up there at Arbach and sit in his office <laughs> for like an hour and a half. And 
talk basketball, talk history. We read all about it. Like, it, like, it was like a museum. You know what I'm saying? It was like a museum. So we just talked basketball for, he's like, I, you know, I seen you play enough. I don't even see you play no more. I want to know about you. Yeah. You know, I want to know your life. You know, yeah. what history you know about basketball. So that was really my, the team that I worked out for the least is the yeah. team I got drafted by, and that was the Celtics. I uh I had the opportunity to spend two months in Boston and, uh to try to try out for the team at the end of my career so forth on, and I tell people this to this day like the the Celtics organization it's like it's something in the air when you walk in the the gym you walk in the practice gym you see the stains on the banners mm-hmm. how old it is and so forth on it's something in the air something in the city. To get drafted by the Boston Celtics, I know you watched all them rivals from the Lakers in Boston, and you probably wanted to go to the Lakers, but <laughs> but it definitely, it definitely. But to even get drafted by a historic franchise like that, how was that for you? When you well, found that was, out, I mean, that was the best feeling. Where I couldn't ask for a better situation to go to, being a young player, going to a veteran team that was, you know, we had a chance to win the championship that year, but Larry hurt his back later in the year. Yeah. Um, you know, a few years before that, Lynn Bias had passed away. Yeah. Rich Lewis was still on the team. That's when he was emerging as a superstar yeah. player. And he passed away three or four yeah. years later. So I was booked in in my career between a great player who might have been one of the greatest ever playing, Lenny Bias, and another guy who was really an up-and-coming superstar, yeah. Reggie, Reggie Lewis. You know, you know that was tough. And then the retirement of the big three, the original big three. Right, Paris, yeah. I played with them guys. So it was five guys that I, yeah. that I got a chance to like, not play with for a long period of time because of retirement or, or, or uh, untimely death. Um, but it was, it was great. Being there, like you said, all the history, all the banners, every practice, I, it was literally eight to ten Hall of Famers every practice. Right. Red, you know, Seth Sanders, Casey Jones, John Havacek, Bob Cousy, Tommy Heinsohn, on top of the three I playing with. Yeah, you know. Right. So you can never, ever, like, say anything like, I'm tired or, you know, I don't That's understand amazing. what y'all doing. What are you talking about? It's 16 bands above your head, young fella. Like, you better. Hey, okay, this big game over there. There's rings here. There's Hall of Famers here. Was that ever intimidating in, in any sense, like to be so like up close power. and personal? Like, yeah, like every day on an everyday basis. I mean, I, I would imagine at some point you kind of get used to it. But I mean, like when you first get there to know you walking into you think you're going to a regular <laughs> practice and like you say you about to see all these Hall of Famers yeah. and you looking around like, what is going on? Yeah, well, it was crazy because, you know, I, you know, I played in the old Boston Garden. Mm-hmm. The things you see, you see on TV, on CBS, where the old garden is hot and heated, turn the heat off. Right. I was <laughs> out of dead spots. Like, like Darius said, it's just something in the air that when you get there, it just becomes a part of your soul, becomes yeah. part of who you are. Yeah. And you figure out, you know, the short shorts. We was the last team to have NBA socks. Oh like we had, like, like we was the last. We had to wear black shoes and white uh, shoestrings. Yeah. Like we had all the old traditions. Yeah, and right. that's the teams we watched. I watched when I was growing up. Magic versus Bird. It's like you two guys, and, and I know, you know, we all watched the documentary. Can you imagine <laughs> getting drafted by the Bulls doing a hate? Yeah, right, man. And Jordan got to go to practice every day. Like, you know, those are, you know, you guys, you know, Chicago guys, that's it. You know, being from Florida, the two teams I saw on TV was the Lakers and the Celtics. Yeah. So those, those are my teams. Yeah. You know, those are teams, the Miami Heat went around, Orlando Magic wasn't around. Yeah. You know, 
So being a Florida boy, those are the two teams I get. So it was just unbelievable to be able to be around those guys in that franchise. And I think it matured me as a player earlier uh, just because of just the greatness that was in the building. So now your baby girl is about to get drafted. Oh, yeah. like, did you cry in the other room or did you did you did you let it all out? Hey man, hold up, bro. Road. Let me correct you. He ain't cry, but his allergies started <laughs> acting up. If at all, it was his allergies acting up. This is your baby, and she's playing with him. this game that you love, and now she finna get drafted to the WNBA, and you it's like the same process of what you went through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How yeah. was that for you? It was it was it was I was more nervous in her situation than my situation, just because yeah. again being a dad and yeah. you know, make sure that, you know, the first thing we, we, you know, like any guy or any girl in a draft, the first thing you want to do, man, I hope they invite me up here on the draft. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing we talked about, like they invited you here. There's only 12 WNBA teams. Yeah. I know that. If they invite 10 people, boy, you like, that's, that's a small ratio that you might not get called. Yeah. That so we're like, all we cared about, we didn't care where we, where she got drafted, like just make sure we get drafted. While we up here, like yeah. that's the first thing. The next thing was, you know, you start reminiscing about the hard work and just the her career in high school, going to Maryland, two Final Fours, going to Duke, being an All American, and you know, getting to you know Sweet Sixteens there, and, and, and being you know the first player to be a All AP All American in, in, in the two universities, like yeah. like things that she did, I never did in college. Straight she was up. so much better college player than I was, and. The accolades she had, so just to see all of it it come together and be able to sit in there as a father and and then, you know, hear your name get called, her name get called. You heard me, I said, we. Her name get called. (laughs) You're right, you're right, look, you're right. (laughs) We got (laughs) drafted that day. You know, know, we've been through that before uh, with our parents. Um, But just a unique situation where being like uh, you know one of the first people to have you know a father daughter combo to be drafted in the first round like that's see that, that's history that's yeah. special to me that's yeah. more than anything because you know we were one of the first to do it yeah lexi for you like how was it to get draft all this work you did in high school all these different schools you then you know you the hopscotch too <laughs> back and <laughs> forth like how was it to get drafted and finna be going there with the peers, the girls you look up to, the girls you watch their game. How was it for you? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, like he said, we've just spent most of the day reminiscing on like all the hours we put in together. And then when my name was called, we kind of just like looked at each other and we were like, it was worth it. Like we did it. So, <laughs> um, you know, being invited to the draft was like, I mean, being drafted was a goal of mine, but be- also being invited to the draft. Yeah. well so to be able to be there um and then for us it just all happened so fast the our we had just lost in sweet 16 like 10 days before the draft yeah, I think. That turnover is quick. something like that so i didn't i mean i had a good feeling that i was going to get invited but i didn't get the official call until maybe a week before mm-hmm. the draft so it was kind of just kind of throwing everything together i was still in school i still had like maybe a month left of school mm-hmm. So, you know, it was just kind of putting everything to the side just for a day or two um, and just go up there and enjoy enjoy the moment. So let me ask you this, right? You had draft day. Now you over the anxiety. Well let, well, let me go before that. Before that, when you get the call that you're going to the draft, you're getting invited, did you have anxiety about where you were going to get picked or what you were going to wear? 
Which one was worse? Where? What do they expect us to do? My hair, my makeup, like all that. Exactly, gotta get everything. Like that. You know, national TV. You gotta make sure everything. Pop's Pop's worried about where we gonna land and what is the right fit, and she over here like, nah, I gotta get the dress, my hair. I gotta do. I said, Mom, we gotta find a dress. You know. So your first year, you you know you know the coach really ain't finna play you that many minutes. But what did you learn your first year that made you better for your next year with the Lynx? Well, first thing was you got to handle all situations with grace because you never know what's gonna happen. Rookies don't really get traded this fast. Yeah. Um, so like at the end of the season, um, when we had our you know conversation, our end of season meeting or whatever, my coach basically told me that he was impressed in, in the way that I handled the Handle season. The situation. And that I remained one of the hardest workers on the team. Like even though I knew I probably wasn't gonna get in the game, he like was like, I I appreciate you always being in the gym, you come early, you stay after, like things like that. Um, you know, I have moments where I probably could have handled situations a little better than I did. But for the most part, you know, I was a really good teammate. You know, the fans loved me on the bench. Like, I was always doing the most. Um, you know, <laughs> make sure that, like, as annoyed and upset I was on the inside, I didn't ever want to like, do that. And yeah. I didn't want to bring bad energy. So at the end of the season, when we, we, we kind of said it but didn't say it. But it was kind of like, you're not going to be here next season. I was like, I know I don't really want to be here no more. It was like kind of that kind of yeah. thing. And he made it happen, which, you know, he did not have to do that. I mean, he could have just waved me. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I am grateful that he, he made that move for me for sure. You get traded to the Lynx, right? They was winning championship at the championship. So much star power, Maya Moore, Simone Augustus, all this stuff. Uh, and you get there and it's like a whole new vamp. It's a whole, <laughs> whole, whole new thing. How was that for you? Because, like, y'all still had that winning culture, even though y'all didn't have the monsters that y'all was having before. Like, so, but how was that to come in and, and just step into a role and just fit in perfectly? It was, I mean, it was everything I expected. Because when you think, when you're a player in the WNBA and you think of an organization that is like, the the yeah. top of the top you always think of the links um yeah. you know from the, the management ownership all the way to our training staff and like video coordinators like everyone is on their stuff all the time so getting there you know i was like oh i'm excited to play with maya and they're right. like oh she's not yeah, coming girl. back yeah Damn. I'm like, what do you mean you're not coming you're back, back. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. so she was doing her thing i get there Lindsay Whalen had just retired, so she wasn't really around. Simone, you know, she was dealing with an injury, you know, so she didn't really get to yeah. play um, last year. So really, it was like a whole new group. It was just us and Syl, Sylvia Files, and she was looking at us like, all right, y'all, let's go. Let's like, go. I'm here, y'all. Yeah. Like, I'm Mama Syl. Like, we all call her Mama Syl because now, like, the team went from, like, being one of the oldest. Now we're, like, one of the, the younger team, one of the younger groups, and – um, you know, last year was kind of just a learning experience. Uh, our team, we dealt with a lot of injuries, stuff like that. Like, we started off way better than people expected. Yeah. Um, you know, that wall hits, you know, people start getting hurt, tired. You know, there's only 12 teams, so everyone gets to know each other. You know, we're getting scouted like crazy. 
But, you know, my role on that team was to shoot the ball. And the yeah. Lynx have always been known as a three-point shooting team. So for me to come in and be that on a team that that's not what they usually do, you know, that meant a lot to me. So I took that role very seriously. And all I did was shoot, 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 shoot. And I had Cheryl put me in the game, Coach Reed put me in the game. And she was like, if you don't shoot the ball, you're coming out. Yeah, so. that's music to, to a player's <laughs> ears. So seriously, oh, yeah. like to be told, if you don't shoot, you coming out. Like, <laughs> don't threaten me with no good time. Like, what no, you talking geez. about? <laughs> there was not one moment in the game where she came over and was like, Lex, I was a bad shot. Not one time. That's oh, awesome. Oh, that's for nothing on that. I felt like, like when I watched y'all play last year, I felt like you and Kylie like stepped up so big for that team. Y'all was like key pieces. You know what I'm saying? She stepped up and big win rookie of year. You were stepping up big, hitting big shots coming off the bench. Like, I thought y'all had a good overall team. To lose your superstars, have Mama Files in the back, I felt y'all did a, a great job last year because, you know, yeah, the odds was against y'all. We were yeah. just out there having fun. Um, and, yeah, Fee is a monster. She's, like, one of the best players I've ever played with. Yeah, she's and good. she from the Lou, you know. You know, it's oh, Lou representing you know. You know how we do. You know how we she do. literally do everything. <laughs> I, thought like, was, I thought you were from East St. Louis, though. Yeah, it's got Lou uh, on the back of it, don't it? Uh, only got St. Louis in it. As long as it got St. Louis in it, that's my whole area right there. <laughs> she, from, she from Missouri, you from Illinois. Oh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. We represent us now. Stop hating. Yeah. But what you were saying, she can do everything? Literally. And then I think, you know, we kind of struggled a little bit. We lost our four-man. So mm -hmm. Fee was playing at the three. Um, and then she had to move to the four. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that kind of took her out of her element. She had to start guarding bigger players and things like that. But she held her own. Um, she ran away with that rookie of the year. Uh, <laughs> like, it wasn't even close. So I'm really excited. I've, we've been in here working out. I've been watching her. I think she grew. So I saw her the other day and I was like, did you grow? Like, what the hell? You oh, can't be growing still. But um, we're just really excited, you know, to get back out there. And again, we have a whole new group all over again. But I think this is going to be the group for, for a while, hopefully. Pop, what made you join the dunk contest? Like, what, <laughs> what made you get into the dunk contest? Because a guy that's your size, you're not getting as many dunks as all the bigger guys. And a lot of people can't get the opportunity to see you dunk as much. So I, what made you choose to, to go? Because I still got my Reeboks in the closet. I'm a Jordan guy, <laughs> but I, I still got my pumps up in the closet now. Hey, <laughs> what you is. mean? I, tell, them, tell them, D, outside the fact that you had crazy bounce, like yeah, what outside the fact bounce, that you had crazy bounce, what else made you do it? But still, you know, you got them other guys, and that's sometimes yeah, that's know, intimidating. You know, funny part about it was uh, there was a dunk contest in college all star. We had like that college all star game for Chicago during also the draft process, and I ended up winning like this dunk contest. It wasn't like the one they have now, but it was like some at this thing called Orlando Classic, and they kind of that that little all star games aren't around anymore. So the next year, I was playing, playing with the Celtics. You know, again, Celtics don't dunk like Larry Bird, Robert Perry. They, yeah. you know, they barely dunk anything. They're tiptoeing, you know. Yeah. So the, the basically the the team start has started to change. So it was me, Reggie Lewis, Brian Shaw, mm, yeah. Kevin Gamble. So we're the young backcourt playing with the old frontcourt. So yeah. I would get a lot of dunks during the games, and people were like, "Wow, you know, this young kid can dunk, boom, 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 whatever," and. I was really a late addition. Like, I wasn't in an original eight 
in the dunk contest. People knew I can dunk. I had some dunks during the game. People were impressed by. But they kind of went back to the dunk contest I did in college and say, hey, a couple people dropped out. So, hey, you know, you want to be in a contest? So I was really – I got entered the dunk contest in like two weeks before All-Star Weekend yeah. because a couple people dropped out, got hurt, whatever. So I really – initially wasn't part of the original eight. Yeah. But I knew once I got in that eight, I had a really good chance. I knew I had some stuff that nobody had did before. Yeah. Um, now, and I'm not counting the last dunk. That last dunk, the no look dunk, that was the first time I ever did it. Like well, they call it dab. Like, this era call it the dab. So, so you dabbing in the like, air, nah. <laughs> hey, hey, look, for real, you yeah. crowd been dabbing forever, then. Nineteen but I made that dunk up right on the spot. Like I never practiced that dunk. I never did it before. So I, I was like, man, I hope I make this. Whatever I'm doing. Tell me what in that moment did you pump up the shoes to tighten them up, or, or was you just doing that for the dramatic effect? Oh, oh, what yeah. was it? Was you doing it for the build up? The show. That was the show, yeah. right? You know, people like, oh, you you kind of like the godfather of the dunk contest because you was the first one to do like a show before. Yeah. Like, you know, now people come out of phone booths. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, we could we could use props. Right. Like when I did it, we could jump over cars and jump over people. That was like our insurance was not good in the 90s. So like, uh-uh. Right. <laughs> nobody. You gotta do what you got. You don't need no teammate to help you. You gotta have eight right. dunks. To win this contest, and you missed, you was out. So it was more just to get the crowd into it because the dunk contest was in Charlotte, and Kendall Gill was in the dunk contest who played for the, uh, right, the Charlotte Hornets, right. and Rex Chapman right. was in dunk. Both playing for Charlotte, so they had like the home court advantage. I'm like, nah, this no, I got to get the crowd on my side. Right. So Reebok didn't. I already had a Reebok contract already. They didn't know I was going to do that. They had mm-hmm. no clue. Right. When I did mm-hmm. it, they were like, what? oh, like everybody was like, oh, what's he doing? You know, you know, pump shoes up, boom. Time out, time out. Did your price go up after that? Please tell me your price went up because that it's, it's, that alone, yeah. that that's what blew up the whole Reebok pump yeah. evolution. It was like, yeah. y'all seen the dude, the D. Brown, he pumped up the jumps. Like, your price had to go <laughs> up after life. that. It's called life. You know, life. <laughs> you know, like, you still Reebok for life? That's life, that's, right? That's, Straight that's up. So I'm still, I'm still a fam to this day. That salute to them for taking for doing that. that. That's yeah, the way it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. Real talk. Like I, when I signed, when I left Jordan, I signed with Reebok. The first shoe I asked for was them pumps, and I still <laughs> got them same pumps. Like yeah, I got yeah. nothing but Jordans in my closet. One pair of Reeboks <laughs> and this pump. Y'all like the, the original Jordan brand dude. Well, I remember yeah. y'all when I y'all came in. Knuckleheads got the oh the fresh Jordans I can't wear. I can't wear none of them. Coming up, like who's the women that you seen and you was like, man, I wanna I wanna shoot like her. I wanna dribble like her. These are the women that I wanna be like. My favorite player. She's the reason why I wanted to go to Maryland was Christy Tolliver. Christy Tolliver. Oh, okay. Love Christy okay. Tolliver. Girl. Yeah. She was the reason why I went to Maryland. Man, um, that's dope. She's still in the league now, which is crazy to even Yeah. So, and coaching. And, and coaching. coaching the, like, yeah. Your idols become rivals, you know. And, she, <laughs> she, she pulled up to a practice at Maryland once. I can't remember if it was my freshman or sophomore year, and I almost lost my damn mind. And <laughs> And then she came to the final four. And so, like, at that point, I was, like, calm and normal. Yeah. And then, you know, we played 
I wasn't playing in Connecticut, but then last year they came here for a practice for our preseason stuff and we practiced together. Yeah. And she was guarding me and she like was just smiling at me because she's like, see, I knew you would find your foot in in the league and stuff. So like yeah. that moment, I have a picture of it actually on my Instagram. That's dope. That's dope. Pops, who did you come up like admiring and you seeing their game and like, I want to patent my game or, or be like them? Uh, I mean, there's a couple people. I think one of the guys that I think doesn't get enough credit of how good he was was Isaiah Thomas. Chicago owned original Isaiah Thomas. Zeke, like, yeah. Like, oh, OG. Yeah, OG Isaiah <laughs> Thomas. Like, he was my OG. And uh, the way he handled the ball for his size, you know, small guard, tough. Played through injury. I remember that game, you know, when he was in against the Lakers, we had all them points on a bad yeah. ankle. Yeah. That kind of stuff. I mean, I want to be like that. Like, I want to be able to come down and just And then uh, the reason why I picked number four when I was in college was because of two guys. One was Joe Dumars, who's running me, and the mm. other guy was Ron Harper. Like, Ron Harper was my guy. Like, I, I always, like, Hollywood I love Ron Harper just because everybody loves Jordan. Yeah, and, right. And Harper do the same dunks. Harper do the same Harper. dunks. I yeah. watch Ron Harper and try to mimic all his dunks in college. And that's why yeah. I wore four in college because I love Joe Dumar because of his professionalism and his defense. But Ron Harper, before he, you know, before he hurt his knee, yeah, he was – Clipper Wild Harper. Clipper Cavs and Clippers Wild Harper. You yes, yeah. used to go to work. So that, was, <laughs> that was a dude I kind of kind of like looked up to those three guys, kind of paired on my game around a little bit. You mentioned uh you mentioned him earlier. And uh I was a big fan of his. I thought he was getting better and better every year too. He started making all-star games and all that. I just want you to uh just for the fans and viewers, because you never really hear him be talked about a lot, and that's Reggie Lewis. Like, can you speak up on him and speak of like how good a teammate, how good he was finna be, the 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 direction he was going in his life? Yeah, I mean he was he was coming to his own. Like again, you know, with Lenny passing away, that kind of took some years off Larry Bird's career. And then Larry kind of worn down. And then the one year that Larry got hurt. Uh, when that was my rookie year, that's when Reggie's really started coming to his own average, like 18, 20 points a game, carrying us when Larry was hurt. Uh, and I played with Reggie for four years before he passed away from from the heart attack. But he was never talked a lot, um, but was one. He was one of the few dudes that I seen block Michael's fadeaway. He bought it three times in one game, and he was long. Mike wouldn't guard him; they put Pippen on him because he he could shoot over Mike. Um, not saying he's better than Mike, but he was just he was just a tough matchup for Mike. So I had to put some more length on him. And it's not a comparison because the game is different. But if you look at the way Kevin Durant plays and shoots the ball, that's how Reggie Lewis, same number. Every time I see Kevin Durant same play, number he's, and everything. He's 35, man. I, you know, I don't know. He maybe had a different reason for somebody to pass away that was close to him. But every time I see the same Bill, Katie's a lot taller. Reggie's like 6'7. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he played both ends of the court. I remember this one series. Uh, we were playing against the Cleveland Cavaliers in the second round, and that's when they had Mark Price, Brad Daugherty, Larry Nance, Gerald Wilkins, Craig Elo, uh, and Craig Elo was like the defensive stopper. 
So this was the second round we playing against them. So they matched up Craig Edo against Reggie. And Larry, had, Larry was kind of out. He wasn't really playing. So Reggie was a guy. So game one, Reggie had 41, Craig Edo had zero. Game two, Reggie had 37, Craig Edo had zero. Game three, <laughs> Reggie had 39, Craig Edo had zero. You talk about somebody giving somebody business. Like, and this <laughs> dude was like the defensive stopper back for the Cleveland Cavaliers. We lost a series of seven games just because they had more talent than us. And the big three was kind of like on their last legs. But that dude right there carried us in the series against five, basically five Hall of Famers on that team, four Hall of Famers. Yeah. He was good. Like, he was good. You know, like, you hate to see him pass away um, so early in his career and, you know, leave his wife. And, you know, there's two kids who I still, who I still talk to this day. Uh, Reggie Jr. and Regina. So I, I'm always in contact with them all the time. Um, we, you know, talk a lot on Instagram, stuff like that. So I still stay close to the families because he was such a, a dear friend, like, a, you know, a big brother to me when I was in Boston. That's, That's awesome. what's up. That's what's up. So when y'all was all together, that means it was TikTok time. Because, like, my, I got I got my four kids now, and they try to TikTok me to death. Oh, Pops, I, I heard it was your idea to do all the videos. Is that true? <laughs> uh, no, he would just make fun of us from the side, and then he felt left out. <laughs> I did one TikTok video, and that was with um, – well, I did a cameo on another one, but I, I don't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm over 50 years old. There's a cute, like, I ain't got time for all them dancing. It's too long. Hurt my knee. My hips started I, 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 I used to be, hey, I used to be a dancer, but yeah. I can't even get started dancing. used to be a dancer. <laughs> like, the old school oh. dance, I used to hit all oh, that, but the, that these the wall and all that, I can't even do all that. Man. Listen, I refuse. Oh, I like. <laughs> Carol Baskin. That's the only one I like. Carol Baskin. That one, I like that one. I vowed that I was you was not about to catch me doing no TikToks at no point doing I'm not about to go nowhere near that insane. You're not about to see me standing here with my wife being flipped and I got her clothes on and no, she got mine no, on and I'm talking about something. No, bro. I was like, no, sir. No flip the switch challenges. No love. No, none of this stuff. I'm cool. I'm, I'm, <laughs> No woe, no no woe. Nah, bro, I ain't got none of that action for you, bro. I'm not, I'm not participating. I sit there and look at somebody and laugh the whole time. Who, Lexi? Who is your favorite? Not your top five, but your favorite five <laughs> women's players. Christy, um, Diana Taurasi. Shannon Johnson. So Pee Wee Johnson. Pee-wee. She was. She was my favorite, and my dad coached her in Orlando, and uh-huh. she was like my bestie. I was little, yeah. so she became hmm. my favorite. Um, who else? Della Don for sure. Even though she's still in the league, busting our ass, you know. <laughs> yeah. I play her she game is incredible. She, like, she, she like Dirk out there. She, oh <laughs> man! Thank like, you, watching her play, I'm just like, how? How are you playing like this? Um, <laughs> and then I've always loved Simone Augustus as well. Love some more bucket getter. Yes, <laughs> bucket getter. Funny as hell. Yeah, pops. Your your favorite five NBA players? Oh man, I, I hate this question because it's you know, <laughs> how it is. you know I'm very biased. Obviously, I'm gonna go with Jordan one, and it's not in order. But Jordan one, then then I'm gonna do everybody else just because I just hate that debate. It's just because I played against Jordan. 
Um, LeBron, Kobe, Magic, and Bird. Um, I didn't get a chance to go play against them. I didn't get a chance to play against You can see they're all guards and kind of small forwards. Like, you know, listen, I could have picked Chamberlain and Shaq and Kareem and, you know, Elijah Wan, but people that I kind of compare, I had a guard. Like, I, I was thinking about I had to either guard or didn't want to guard. Right. And I didn't get a chance to – I would have tired the year LeBron came in. I got young Kobe when he was, his, uh, you know, his part of his first three championships. Yeah. Um, you know, God rest his soul. Um, and then played with Larry Bird. Had guard magic. You know, if I had put one more in there, it would probably be Isaiah Thomas. He'd be like number six. Five B. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Um, but those, those be the guys because I played against them. Except for LeBron, just because he's just a different, like he's just so different than everybody else. Like he's yeah. not because of the way he plays, just because just his longevity, his health, his you know things he do yeah. on the court. Off, like yeah. same thing you say with Jordan. Like you know, as good as he was a basketball player, the things he transcended, like the things that could be international. Like to me, that's part of being a professional athlete, not being able to just go score 30 points a game and whatever you got these other things you got to bring to the table to be yeah. to be considered like all time yeah to be mentioned time. with them grace you got to definitely yeah. do everything yeah <laughs> and you got to win championships straight up we play this game on her sometime called start bench cut you know, mm-hmm. so Lexi, I'm start. Uh, I'm gonna start with you trying to get you in trouble Lexi beware I see that I'm gonna start with you Lex uh, start bench cut Diana Taurasi Maya Moore, Simone Augustus. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Um. Oh no. <laughs> um. I'm a start DT. I'm a bench mine. I'm a cut mo. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> hold up, before before D Miles go to go to D, I, I want to ask Lexi one more start bench or cut. Now we we gonna go. Uh, this is gonna put you in a real scenario. <laughs> this is we gonna go with the smaller dunk contestant winners. We gonna go with Pops. We gonna go with Nate Robinson, and we gonna go with Spud Will. Start bench cut. Oh, I'm starting that, obviously. <laughs> look, 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 look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bench Bud Webb and cut Nate Robinson. Oh, Nate gonna be sick. Nate, Nate gonna be like, I it. got cut. You might get you might get he, Nate, Nate might hit you on social media about that, like, what? How you gonna cut me? Like, <laughs> He's like, I'm not don't buy my don't buy my <laughs> look, look. <laughs> All right, Pop, start bitch cut. Uh we got Zeke. We got Isaiah Thomas, we got Magic Johnson, Ooh. and we got Oscar Robinson. Oh, man. Ooh, the big O. Man, I'm a, uh, man. Who was number two? <laughs> Who was number two? It was Magic, Isaiah, okay, and Oscar. Oscar. I'm going to go start Magic. <laughs> <laughs> you going to cut the Bench Isaiah cut the big O. Oh. I'm going to cut the big O. <laughs> that was a tough one. That was a tough one. 
Hey, but this this is my question I got for both of y'all. Like, Lexi, you done been in the league a year or two. You got to, you know, you done got a couple checks under your belt now. Like, I know what I did when I first got my money at 19 years old. I was like, bling, blow. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so what did you do when you got, you know, you got some checks and you was like, okay, I can this like, they, know, this I ain't my money. This is my money. Yeah, yeah. like, if you like Prince of Kings, she got her own money. Yeah. Like, what did you you do when you got when you got a little change what you want to picked up i we were on a road trip in chicago so we were in connecticut so Shot town she in the right city to do something nice so i got maybe one or two checks already and there was just nothing to do or buy in connecticut hit that magnificent mile on michigan so, avenue now. <laughs> chicago i called me an uber and i went to the gucci store Ooh, mm. and i got gucci. Some, i got a belt and some sneakers oh, okay okay that was a little split splash okay. right That's there what i got i was okay. very excited Okay, Pops, Pops, you know, you was 19th pick overall, you know what I'm saying? You in the 90s, I don't know if you got a four-finger ring or a big rope or something. What, what, what did you do, Pops, you know what I'm saying, in the 90s, early 90s, what what, what, what you did? Did you get a 5.0, what you did? Like, man, oh, that's what happened. Yeah, the, oh, the 5.0 went out, yeah, but you know what I did get? I don't know if you remember this show. There's a show called Spencer for Hire. I definitely remember that. Black dude, the bald head dude, named yeah. Hulk. His white car. It was a BMW 635 CSI. Mm. And it was like, I said, man, if I when I get some money, that's the first car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was oh, it wasn't brand new. I didn't care. It was it was used, but it was like it had like six thousand miles on it. And it was red with some gold BBSs on it. Ooh. And a, and a house phone. Every, oh, yeah. damn. Yeah. You oh. like Nino. You like Nino oh. them in the Jeep. Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> uh, another question, too. You done coached on the NBA level and the WNBA level. Like, what was different and what was alike? The best thing, and I always tell Lexi this all the time, I enjoy my time coaching WNBA more because I can do more teaching. Like, teaching and coaching is two different things. And I love to teach. Coaching, to me, it's out your hands. Like the game starts, and if you ain't taught what you need to be taught or drilled what you need to be drilled, the players win games. The coaches just manage the environment. That's why great coaches don't want to coach superstars. So in WNBA level, I loved it because I could teach. The game was played below the rim, so you had to teach fundamentals, footwork, how to come off screens, how to help on defense. You know, you know how to uh, you know read defenses. So that was actually was my first quote unquote guinea pig on how to teach the game. Not, she's the no, project. Not no, yeah, she's the project. <laughs> you know, just kind of like teaching from square one. Now, I'm very biased 
And you can ask a lot of people, like, I think my daughter's one of the best shooters in the world, men or women. Just, just you know, listen, we just got to shoot the ball and it ain't about physicality or height and skill of shooting. I put up with, with a lot of NBA players, all NBA players, all them, just because I know that's a skill that was taught and learned. Had to do with how big you were, how fast you were. So the similarities of skill sets on the women's level, at the, the, the pro level, and the men's level, dribbling, passing, you know, the, the basic fundamentals of how to play the game, it's the same professional level. What changes, obviously, is the physicality. You know, pumping, mm-hmm. you know, grabbing, holding, just, you know, a guy 6'8", 250, is like yeah. playing the small four, is a lot different right. than, you know, a female small four in the WNBA. But as far as teaching the game, Every concept that I learned playing for 12 years in the NBA, I brought to the WNBA. Because the one thing that the, the ladies told me, don't treat us like women. Treat us like athletes. Treat us like mm-hmm. basketball players. Like, don't dumb yeah. me down. We can hoop. We want to yeah, hoop. Right. So that was the best. The best. And we lived it. Yes. So that was the best compliment to me was when I got to coach WNBA, they're like, listen, you was an NBA player. That's why you're here because you have the knowledge to kind of expand a little bit more on things maybe we learned in college, women's basketball. They want to be treated like professional athletes, not like women's basketball players. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. That's dope. At what point did you know or did you figure out that you wanted to go into the front office after your experiences? Obviously, you had already retired, and now you had had experience in coaching, both, like you say, NBA and WNBA. What, what let you know or when did you know you wanted to give it a try in the front office? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think just – uh, my trajectory in coaching, you know, I was, I was an assistant coach for a lot of years for a couple of NBA teams, you know, head coach in the WNBA. Um, I was a head coach in back then the D league. So I did a, I was a head coach at all different levels. And then I got more into the player development part because that's what I kind of cut my teeth in of, again, teaching players in the gym, pre-practice, post-practice, pre-game, you know, you know, things like that. So as I got, you know, Further into my, obviously, post-NBA career, you know, I kind of understood the importance of the player development, not just for on the court, but off the court. I want to mentor men. I want to do a better job of not just being there when I need, they need me to rebound and pass, but be there and help them grow life after basketball. So that's kind of right. the direction I took. Like I think my, my better traits was really good on the court, but I thought I had more to give just because of my background and playing at so many different levels. And coaching at different levels to go in the front office, you know, come a GM of the G League team in, with, with the Clippers, now vice president of integrated development evaluation. So I get a chance to help these guys on and off the court with so many different things. So I just felt I had more to give than just, you know, teaching them on the court. I wanted to make sure that when they left any environment I was in, they'd be not just become better basketball players, better men, better fathers, better husbands, better siblings. Yeah. That was to me the most important thing, man. That's why I want to spend more time in transition to the front office off the court. Man, I definitely salute you on that because we we know, you know what I'm saying, being in the league that we need, need more people in positions of power with that line of thinking and with those traits. And then you relatable as well. You 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 one of us. So it, 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 that's perfect, man. Me and Q got the Clippers winning the championship this year. How do you feel about the quarantine and how you feel like the Clippers look and coming into this quarantine season? Well, I mean, again, we're kind of going in a, you know, we're, you know, catching a little fire, you know, made some trades, got, you know, 
you know, Marcus Morris in a trade. Then we signed Reggie Jackson. And then we had just picked Joe up Joe Kim uh, Noah. Joe, Joe Kim Noah. Joe on the 10 day for all the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, this is going to be great for us. And, you know, you look at our team, you know, with Kawhi and PG, obviously. You know, you got Trez coming off the bench, Lou Williams, Pat Beverly. Like, you know, we got them dogs. Oh, all locked and loaded. You got them yeah, dogs. You know, we got them dogs that they want to get it done. You know, you got so many other like, role players that know how to fit spots. And you got a championship coach. Like, you got Doc Rivers. Like, you've been there and done that before. Know how to coach, you know, superstar players and, and take a team to the championship. So, we was disappointed initially, you know, like every NBA team, but us just because we felt like, man, this is the year that we can kind of, you know, the Clippers and, again, y'all part of the, the Clippers, you know, folklore and bringing attention to the team when it was, you know, like nobody wanted to be a Clipper, but y'all got there. All that, all the narrative changed, which was, you know, kudos and praise to you guys for, for doing that because, you you know, you're as much as a part of the success of the team now uh, just because, you know, you made sure that the Clipper brand was still relevant. You know, people want to watch y'all play in hoop. So, you know, we just wanted, you know, as an organization, do right by the guys that played before before us, you know. Uh, and we still got, you know, we got a chance, you know. It's back on again. Got eight games, and then the, the playoffs start up after that. So it's going to be different because no fans. Barry. You know, it's just, you know, like, can you imagine not playing without fans? I guess that's like going right. to one of our G League games, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out after that. But, you know, everybody's on the citizen. There's no home court advantage. It's like, it's going to be different. And I, I honestly don't think, you know, say we win the championship. You know, you know, I, you know that's what we're fighting for. I hope it's not an asterisk next to it. Like, I don't want to be an asterisk next to the Clippers championship. Don't worry about it. We back to back. We back to back. Don't worry about it. We gonna go back to back. This is my this is my take <laughs> on the whole asterisk by it. I think I think if you want to say if it's a, if somebody gonna try and shortchange the championship, so to speak, saying it's an asterisk, I think you could put an asterisk to say this harder because nobody has Ooh. ever had to come and play out of these type of situations. Places, like no matter yeah. what you no matter the lockouts or anything, yeah. we was all we always had access to hooping and right. gyms and playing. Like they've been shut down for three and a half four months yeah. with no bump no working out with against each other no hooping against you no pickup games no none of that so like this to me is going to be one of the hardest fought championships to win period no matter who wins it it's like you take your hat off to the guy to every sport every team that, that goes out and is able to achieve the yeah. championship because this is the you know most extraneous unforeseen circumstances that the world has ever seen period not yeah. just the country, not just the NBA, like the world. Like <laughs> the world, Craig. I seen something on y'all where y'all talked about police brutality. Uh you have a teammate that's a Hall of Famer, probably one of the best players to ever, not probably, but is one of the best players to ever play the game, to completely just stop her career and really focus on police reform and you know. Talk about the police brutality. Talk about these guys that's in jail, that's doing life, that can't get out of jail and they didn't even do the crime. Like, how is that to have a teammate? I know when you got there, it's like, oh, I want to play with Maya Moore. And it's like, oh, she doing that? But now it's at the point where everybody opened their eyes and they respect what she doing even more. How do you feel about it now that you really know and just seeing what happened these last couple of months? I mean, when she first started doing that, I thought it was amazing. Um, I mean, because... I was talking to, um, I was on a call with Cheryl Swoops and Angel McCautry a week or two ago. 
in that season right before she left, like we were all talking about, because that was my rookie year, we were all talking about how like she just didn't have that fire in her anymore. Like mm. she was still one of the best players in the league, but like you could just tell like there was something missing in her heart. Yeah. And you could see it on the court. So when me personally, because I was watching, you know, I pay attention um, to things. I was like, I wasn't surprised that that happened because I knew that her heart and mind was somewhere else. else. Yeah. I thought it was amazing what she did. And she kind of just slid out, like, and just yeah. did it. Like, she yeah. didn't announce it. She kind of just had to talk with the organization and our coaches. And she's like, this is just something I need to do. And it's, yeah. it's something she's been dealing with and working on since she's been in high school. She's known this man since she was in high school. So when all this other stuff started happening, you know, there was no, not one part of me thought she was going to come back and play, like mm. not even a little bit. So um, now that she's accomplished that, which is what she wanted to do. Now I'm, I'm actually excited to see, you know, what what's she's she doing, next, like what's yeah. the next step because, you know, she, she was doing this two years ago and now she doesn't have you know the pushback from the athletic community the professional sports community like why would you leave why would you do that yeah now you got people following her lead yeah so i'm like just really happy that she was able to do that for for her friend i would love for her to come back definitely i just want one season with her that's all just one <laughs> yeah we all do we all do we definitely respect what she's doing and and man, so proud of her for even doing that because that's big, something you loved your whole life. You learned to love, and it's like, man, you letting it go for a, a cause that's even bigger than you. Right. And that's, she that's, was that's, at that's the dope. top of the game. She, yeah. was, she was one of but them like, at the top of the it, game. Think about it. There's like literally, there's not one more thing she can win. Truly. No, she's no. At every level, she's won, won everything. everything. Like, so I'm like, you know, I get it. You know? Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, I need to do something that, you know, is bigger than myself. And, you know, we're here waiting for her when she's, if she's ever ready to come back. You know, I'm pretty sure she's guaranteed a, a spot on this team no matter what. You know <laughs> yeah. that, you know that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got one. I still got one more question. Um, Lexi, for you, how does it feel to have such a cool dad? <laughs> cool. Nah. It's cool. I remember, when I, was, I remember when I was little in elementary school, I would bring her his uh his little cards to school and hand them out to people. The trading cards, the trading cards. Hey guys, it's my dad. It's my dad. You call me to find <laughs> I mean, it's whatever. Um, so I'm always <laughs> super proud to have him as a dad. And my favorite part about him is that as successful and incredible as he is, he never minds just to like step back. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of let us do do our thing, um, whether it's me or my sisters or my brother, like whatever path we all have chosen to take. He's always been super supportive, never made it about himself. And it's just it's a blessing to have, you know, a dad like that in your life. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, That's crazy, how I got to. <laughs> the crazy part about that now, because like when she was growing up and I would be at the games, you know, they're like, oh, that's Dee Brown's daughter. Now. I go with her. So that's Lexi Lexi Brown Day. Yeah, that's Lexi Brown Day. I'm hanging on now. So, no, that's oh, that's no, that's Lexi Brown Dad. It's crazy. So it's, I'm, I'm proud of her. You know. I have to ask this one last question before we let y'all go, because like obviously, once you know everything that happened with Kobe and Gianna, the whole 
you know, girl dad thing became, you know, popular and a phenomenon. But this is obviously nothing new to you. You've been that. And the same way I asked her, you know, how does it feel to have such a cool dad for you? How proud are you to have such a cool daughter and successful daughter that's taking up basketball like you? And like you said, this is your this is your project that you got to teach and from day one. Like, how does that make you feel as a, as a father to be able to see her go out and do what she's doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, very proud. Like any of your kids, whatever they want to do, never forced to play basketball. She just kind of gravitated to it by me being around it all the time. You know, at first she was in ballet and tennis, uh, you know, and, you know, basketball kind of just kind of, you know, me being around the sport all the time. And then, like you said, you know, like I said, with Kobe and, and Gigi passed away. Um, the whole girl dad thing became a little tighter for us because all the stuff that Kobe was starting to do with her, we already did already. Mm-hmm. Like we did the going to the AU games, me being her coach when she was 12 years old and being in the gym and taking her to the NBA games and her being on sideline was a WNBA coach. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was so sad that I felt for the family more than anything, but I felt that the experience I felt like we talk about right now, this experience right now for me and her to be talking about our lives in basketball and our, our process together. Those who would never get a chance to do that. Like yeah, that, I that did. part hurt me so much because I know the ups and downs, but I know the gratification part. And this is it right now to be able mm-hmm. to talk about it and we have her across the world, across the country doing her thing and me just being proud of her like you know that that to me um is the most satisfying thing because she's been number one really good at what she does two degrees at duke you know all american but she's a better big sister like she's got siblings that follow her younger sister going to play basketball at William and mary younger brother who think he's nice but he be <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you want that's what you want your daughter to do you're your, you're your oldest you know the oldest gotta you know carry the torch for the rest lead of the by example lead an example setting yeah. that standard lead by right. yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right that's a wrap man this has been super dope super awesome this is a first time situation for us here at the knuckleheads me and d miles appreciate y'all d and lexi for gracing us with y'all presence this was dope y'all tune in and check it out appreciate y'all thanks guys Players Tribute.com